Welcome to False Flag Weekly News, your one-stop shop for blasphemy, heresy, and other forms of incorrect thought on all of the issues that are sacred and where there are taboos against voicing certain perspectives. I'm Kevin Barrett with John Chuck, the Presbyterian minister and radio personality. Hey, welcome back, John. Hey, it's good to be back, Kevin. Thank you so much. Hey, you're the perfect guy to discuss blasphemy and heresy with. You've oh, got yeah. Theological I'm, training. I'm a heretic in every religion. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're even trying to go to Karbala <laughs> this year with, with the Shia Muslims who you seem to have a lot in common with, which is kind of interesting for a Presbyterian. Oh, I do. I mean, I, uh, very moved, very moved by my experience there and in my inter- interactions with, uh, my Muslim friends, Shia friends, uh, and their story, uh, the, Passion for justice, uh, for, uh, the oppressed is, uh, is incredible. And, uh, I found great, great deep connections between my understanding of Jesus and, uh, and Hussein. Yeah, it's great stuff. And, and we can, you know, we'll talk more about that. I, I can't go to Karbala this year, uh, in part because of the travel restrictions. I think, well, I don't think I could get there without getting needled. And, and you, you have the same problem, right? That's right. And that's what I, and, uh, had the opportunity to go, um, uh, but I, I just couldn't, it, it looked to me that I wouldn't get out of there without getting jabbed with a needle at the least or, or, or something like that. And, and I couldn't do it. I just won't do that. And, and yes, I feel badly about that, but yeah, that's, that's odd. You have to undergo this, uh, religious pseudo religious sacrament, the holy it, sacred vax to, to yes. go to a religious pilgrimage. Right. Yeah. That, and as well as all the other humiliations, you know, of the yeah. testing and the masking and the quarantining and all of that stuff. It's, uh, I, I can't, I can't go and somehow participate in that. And not not to mention the body cavity pat downs at the airport and all of those uh, fun just, leftovers just, from 9 yeah. 11. Well, there's you know, all false, that too. <laughs> right. These false flags are not making life and travel in particular more fun, are they? Well, no, I haven't taken a plane. I, I, I just, I can't take a plane at all anymore because just even, even domestically, it just drives me nuts with the. I can't, I can't take planes either. I can't take plane travel. I can't take it. I just can't just, take it. <laughs> can't take it anymore. Can't take that darn plane. Okay. So here we are at the question everything disclaimer. So if you all don't right. like questions, go elsewhere and let what are the other disclaimers? Let's scroll through our disclaimers here. Uh, next disclaimer is uh, disturbing the disturbing nature of some of this material. And then finally, the third disclaimer is the medical health disclaimer. We are not doctors, nor are we dispensing any medical advice. Okay, enough disclaimers. Let's get to the PSAs. Here's our theme image for this week. Uh, and it, it does seem only one opinion is allowed about the vaccines, and that is something that we see when people get really doubled down on their own particular religious dogma. They won't allow any other views to be heard. And it seems that now the vaccine is becoming the cornerstone of this new religion. It, it's going to save us. It's like, it's, it's sort of like in, in certain kinds of Christianity, Jesus is the only thing that can save you. Well, now it's the vaccines that are only the only thing that can save us. Well, frankly, I'll, I'll take Jesus over the vaccines and I'm a Muslim, but you know, we love Jesus. Absolutely. And uh, but I think you're I think you're quite right to put this in religious terms, because I think that's what it is. Uh, I had Chuck Baldwin on my radio show the other day, and he, he really sees this whole thing as a, as a supernatural satanic attack. Uh, and, and it's a, a reforming of our basic basic spirituality as well as humanity. So I, I think I think there's a lot to explore with that. Indeed. Well, let's let's start exploring from that perspective. 
lots of news this week. Where do we even start? We've got so much vax-related and medical-related news that we can't start the YouTube broadcast until almost halfway through the show because YouTube is so persnickety about the stuff that they think is medical misinformation. Uh, and again, we're not doctors. We're not giving you medical advice, but YouTube doesn't seem to care about that. Let's start with this PSA for Kat McGuire, our fellow False Flag Weekly News commentator who organized this New York City Freedom Rally last Saturday, and it was a huge success. Thousands of people turned out. Some of the mainstream papers tried to roll that back to hundreds. No, it was it was thousands. It was huge. Look at the pictures. And it's great that people are getting out and active and telling the authorities that, no, we're, we're not going to take these, these mandates, uh, the passports, mandates, this turning us into a two-tiered apartheid society is not acceptable. Yeah, and uh, well, big shout out to Kat. I mean, at Times Square in in New York City, the heart of the whole place, and and she went through all kinds of things to to be able to make that happen. So really, a great work, Kat. And and shout out to Helen Bynisky and Tessalina uh, for speaking there as well. They're proud to have oh, yeah. all three of them. They're both uh, great. Show and my show. Yeah, 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 super job. So that that's what needs to happen. I think uh, we need to because I don't think it takes a whole lot. Just one voice, you know, Luther's hymn, hymn, one word shall fell him, fell Satan, you know, it, it doesn't take a lot of voices. It takes sometimes just one or two to break it through, to break through this deception. And so uh, people might see these, these protests and stuff as just really not effective, but I, I think they are in the long run. Um, we have, they have all kinds of things on their side, you know, uh, weapons and money and, and all of that and propaganda and censorship. But uh, and it's all to try to stop that one person telling the truth. And it's it's kind of cool that these uh, three extra special women uh, that yes. we've had on our shows are involved here with Cat organizing it. And you mentioned uh, Helen Bynisky and Tessa Lena, who've been on various shows of mine over the years. Uh, really, really wonderful people. And it's 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 you know I I kind of I kind of like seeing women take that kind of role. Uh, you know, traditionally, there's a lot of criticism in the alt right that they say, that, oh, the women, they're not, they, they're never, uh, kind of, you know, they, they don't think outside the box. You know, women tend to be less ornery and, and sort of more agreeable than men. And so they're less likely to take these unpopular positions and to blaspheme and so on. That's not always true. I mean, look at, look at here are our three stellar examples. Um, so let's move yeah, on. I think to, yeah, the alt right is wrong on that one. I, what women I know yeah, are alt right is sometimes speakers. wrong. <laughs> that's right. the alt wrong. The alt wrong. <laughs> the alt wrong. <laughs> okay, moving on to uh, vaccine related news, and this is the really heretical stuff here. This is the stuff that we're yeah. going to get, you know, crucified on YouTube for saying. Uh, <laughs> here, this is from Yahoo News. This is this is a mainstream story, uh, and it's mainstream statistics out of the UK showing that there is a huge excess death wave going on that isn't being caused by COVID. They can't hide that fact anymore. And if you look at the actual details of what it is that people are dying of, the biggest factors are all of these heart and circulatory related issues that seem to be related to vaccines. So we really do need to um, think, you know, at least entertain the possibility that all of this anecdotal stuff about the problems caused by vaccines, including VAERS reports, which unfortunately are somewhat anecdotal because they're not vetted. Uh, so far, everything I've seen on this topic has been anecdotal. Here's the first sort of official statistics 
that actually are pointing in the direction of the vaccines possibly being considerably more dangerous than the officials tell us. So uh, that's that's to me, that's disturbing. And even more disturbing is the fact that the story doesn't even admit that this whole story doesn't even entertain the possibility that any of this could be caused by vaccines. Yeah. And, you know, we have to go with anecdotal because official accounts and official records don't don't really have a lot of uh of understanding of what's really going on um but you're you're right and they don't they don't say what is seemingly very obvious that if you inject these experimental drugs there may be effects to them and we have all kinds of doctors from various perspectives and they don't all agree with each other but they all many of them all agree that these vaccines uh were not a good idea in the midst of a pandemic and um they are going to be causing a lot more harm than good but all those voices have been censored um you know, I met one, one of them, of course, was, was John O'Leary, the funeral director. Yes. We'll talk about him in a bit where, you know, quote, direct quote from him is he's, you know, once the vaccination rollout started, deaths climbed dramatically. And he said, I've never seen anything like it as a funeral director in 15 years. Well, of course, that timing could be coincidental. And a lot of stuff O'Leary said strikes me as pretty bizarre. But in any case, these these statistics are bizarre, too. And I don't think the authorities uh, are necessarily correct in trying to claim that this is purely the result of people putting off their heart issues and not going to see the doctor during COVID, blah, blah, blah. And suddenly it all just happens to hit right when the vaccine rollout starts. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I, uh, I think that these, these vaccines are, are far more dangerous than, than anyone is letting on. I had Peter McCullough, uh, talking about it. I mean, he, this is a main, main, main guy. He's a, an expert in COVID-19 and in treatment. And, and he's been saying that these vaccines are really a, a bad thing and they are causing these reactions. We'll see other articles like that too coming up. Okay. Well, the next one is another concern about vaccines, and I think a, a, a better grounded one, because e- I mean, even if vaccines are causing some of that excess death, according to those statistics, and even you know on the, on the most pessimistic interpretation, the absolute numbers and, and proportions when you have, let's say in the U.S., I think 200 million Americans have had a shot, uh, and they're not all dropping dead by any means. It's, it's a pretty small proportion of them that are having problems, no matter how you slice it. So the real concern about the vaccines, or at least to me, the more serious concern is the way that they may be selecting for nastier variants. And so this article by a guy who calls himself, uh, Eugipius, who is apparently a, a monk. Um, and <laughs> I don't think it's the original monk that's writing this. Uh, he's supposedly a, a medical, or scientific uh, individual from Germany, he points out that the vaccines elicit antibodies uh, that select for more aggressive lineages of the virus, which escape the vaccine-induced immunity by replicating in the lungs of infected people faster and earlier. And so it looks like the vaccines actually essentially didn't, they didn't create the Delta variant, but they made it take over um, very, very quickly because it's the only one that can uh, easily spread through vaccinated people. And so that, and then the next slide kind of makes the same point and, uh, refers to this, this article by Egyptus. This next one is by Alex Berenson, a very good uh, voice of COVID, COVID skepticism, who argues that we're going to find out who's right. I mean, if, if COVID goes away the way the mainstream tells us, then uh, we can all kick back and, and, and be happy. But if it doesn't go away, if we keep seeing variants, coming up and and uh, bouncing back and forth between vaccinated and unvaccinated and it becomes clear that this is just not going to go away uh, then we'll we'll know that people like Egyptius are are right and and the next slide is the Moderna chief executive 
predicting it's going to be over in a year thanks to the vaccines. Well, I don't know. We'll find out. I mean, I kind of hope the mainstream guys are right about this. I hope it is over in a year, but I don't really have that uh, faith, as it were, in such an outcome. <laughs> I don't either. Uh, I, I don't think this is going to be over in a year. I, I, and uh, I don't think this is ever going to be over, honestly. But I mean, these, these vaccines, I, I met a nurse um, who quit her nurse job. Uh, after working uh, through this thing this whole past year, just discuss, got disgusted uh, with what the medical establishment is doing. And, and according to her, uh, this is a, a different argument, but the vaccines lessen the symptoms, but the vaccinated still spread it. They don't think they're as sick as they are. And so people normally would stay home because they feel sick, but they don't have severe symptoms. And so uh, they go spreading it, uh, whatever they got, the flu, the Rona, the Delta Rona. I mean, so in a sense, the vaxxed are the spreaders, is what she was saying. I don't know about any of this. I mean, trying to figure it out is like chasing the wind, it seems. But in the meantime, what the real reality as I see it is here we are. Welcome to the police state where actual discussion and debate from anyone who doesn't promote uh, the religion of the needle is is censored. And uh, and that's that's part of the real deal. And this Moderna guy, man, he's he's selling his yeah. product hardcore. Stephon, I mean, Stephon yeah. yeah, you will buy it forever. We're going to inject the infancy, says with glee. I mean, people are, are coerced to inject stuff into their bodies when we have no idea what's, what's really happening or what will happen. Maybe people aren't getting sick now. Maybe some are. Some We don't know what the future is going to hold. And no matter what happens, the media, I guarantee, will lie to us. In the meantime, you know, they will say that oh, it's, it's the unvaxxed who are causing all this problem. Um and the media will lie to us. Uh, in the meantime, more police state, more division, more control. And uh, if the reports weren't censored, we might realize that the injections are making people sick, as that, that first article that you just put up uh, before, uh, in some cases, dead. So, um, you know, to the Moderna guy, I say, well, you know, I see your booster, and I raise you multivitamins, exercise, and some homegrown tomatoes. You know, I think that's the better way to get immunity and health. Well, uh, this guy, uh, the uh, Moderna CEO, Stefan Bansell, has not yet delivered a single vaccine dose to a low-income country, even though he claims that they're going to ramp it up and vax the entire planet, including the babies and presumably maybe even the fetuses. You know, find a, a really thin needle they can get into wombs. They're going to vax everybody. It's going to solve the problem. No more corona after a year. I don't know. The media is just not skeptical about what big pharma guys like this say. So uh, we have to rely on alternative media, which, of course, is all over the place on all of this. Well, right. how about the next slide? Uh, Rochelle Walensky, the CDC director, has signed off on the boosters. This could be the beginning of an endless round of boosters trying to keep up with the virus being selected for ever, ever nastier variants. And now they're uh, actually Walensky not only signed off on the boosters for old people and people with uh, comorbidities, but also for people 18 to 64 with high-risk jobs, which had not been, re that was recommended against by the CDC panel, but Walensky uh, accepted that anyway. So it's, I, I don't know if any of these experts really know what they're doing, John. Yeah, I don't think so. And on and on they go, uh, claiming in the article that the unvaccinated are filling up the hospitals. I, I don't know if that's true. Uh, and what they call unvaccinated could be someone who's had a shot, uh, but not their second or had not enough time has passed between their first shot to be called fully vaccinated. And so then they're called unvaccinated. Uh, Tessalina, you know, read a great article uh, on this called What Does Unvaccinated Mean? But the deal is this. If you're an American and you don't want a vaccination, 
by now. It mean you don't have one by now. It means you don't want it, right? If you haven't had Pretty one much. by now, you don't want it. And so how far is Big Brother going to go to violate our own rights to make decisions about our own bodies? I mean, I mean, starve us, unemploy us, beat us, kill us for our own good. I mean, this is going to be that. That's the issue I think right, that we're facing right now is this forcing now at all kinds of levels. Um, and uh, wh- where's that going to lead? I mean, it can't it can't lead anywhere good. Indeed. And, and, you know, I actually uh, preached an Islamic sermon, a khutbah recently about the Islamic dictum, no compulsion in religion, pointing out that they, this vax is becoming a holy sacrament and they are trying to bring in more and more compulsion to force everybody to bow down to it. Again, that's the theme of our show today. Um, Well, uh, a real uh, wild and crazy heretic here is funeral director John O'Looney, who was interviewed by BBC and other mainstream media early in the pandemic about the uh, increase in business that he had. But now that he's off script and off the reservation, the mainstream isn't covering him anymore. He's saying all kinds of interesting and quite bizarre things. Here's a summary of his interview. Um, he uh, is it was shocked by the way that there was a thousand percent increase in prescriptions of midalazam, which is an end of life sedative. Uh, he claims in this interview that RT of all networks offered him 85,000 pounds to shut up. That struck me as kind of bizarre. Um, I need to hear wow. more about that. Yeah. Uh, he, he says that 45 funeral directors have reached out to him expressing concerns that the government is killing people. Uh, he expressed what I find the highly dubious proposition that the so-called Delta variant is really just vaccine injury. I kind of doubt that. It's probably more likely that the Delta variant was more or less created or made widespread by vaccines uh, by selective pressure. That's possible. And then he uh, argues that in five years, many vaccine recipients could die. Well, that depends what you mean by many. Uh, and then he says he's seeing the start of people uh, seeing the start of a die-off with people in their 30s, 40s, and 50s dying of heart attacks and strokes, and he thinks that's from vaccines. So I, I hope, and actually I kind of suspect, that some of that is exaggerated. However, with that new UK da- data showing that even with the official statistics, there's a huge uh, explosion of, of non-COVID deaths with uh, heart circulatory issues leading the way, makes you wonder whether he might not be onto something. Well, I'm really glad you included this article. Um, I mean, it's very possible what what you've just summarized and, and what uh, has been said uh, in that interview is true. I mean, this whole past 18 months uh, to me, it, it feels it does feel like a satanic attack. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with my brother there, Chuck Baldwin, on this. I mean, it seems to me that as a planet, we've we've hit all of our limits. Um uh, civilization and, uh, the elites are, are, are calling the population because we've hit the, we've hit the end and they're going to try to f- save it for themselves. And, and, and I don't know that for sure. I don't know, but I do entertain that, uh, information. And it's certainly more believable and trustworthy than anything I hear or read in the mainstream news. And again, it's because they're the only story that gets to be told. Uh, and when, once you censor, once you stop, uh, voices, from being able to talk, then you can't trust these in anything. And I, and I have gotten to a point where I, I simply do not trust these authorities, um, at all. And, and I think that, uh, their, their, um, intentions and motivations are truly diabolical. And as far as, you know, the Delta variant and this and that or the other, I, I, I have a hard time. I was joking with Graham McQueen the other day. I don't know where the virus ends and the psyop begins. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. hard to figure all, all of that out, but, but, seems to me that the PSYOP at least is 
all of it. Uh, I mean, and I don't mean that there's not a virus. I mean that with the virus, that's added to it. But it's hard to disentangle uh, that part of um, the, the technical uh, aspect of, you know, what is actually the virus, what is actually the uh, the vaccines and what's really going on, uh, especially when the medical leaders themselves don't agree. So, John, uh, you don't you don't trust the authorities. I bet you wouldn't even trust them to spray mRNA vaccines on your salad. Uh, that's the latest plan <laughs> that's for, beautiful. Sol- <laughs> for solving the coronavirus crisis. Is, is Stay to, out of my garden with your mRNA. No kidding. <laughs> and now for our salad course, may we recommend our special Popeye brand, gene-altering spinach. It will hijack your DNA and make your body grow giant arm muscles, just like Popeye the Sailor Man. Hey, it's based on nanoparticles. It's science, right? It's science. science. Trust the science. Another excuse for genetically modified food. It's science or mad science. It it says, uh, yeah, and speaking of of, of mad science, I mean, we have the the story about how maybe this pandemic was created out of – out of Wuhan, although I think that was more of a false flag setup, through uh, skin-penetrating nanoparticles and aerosols containing novel chimeric spike proteins of bat coronaviruses, blah, blah, blah. Sounds like it's the same stuff they're trying to, to spray on our salad. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll stick with my organic salad, please. Uh, no no additives, pesticides, herbicides, uh, or uh, preservatives. In any case, let's move on to more the mainstream propaganda section. we got a bunch yeah, of mainstream. But a great stuff. article there to, to for people to motivate to get out and grow your own food. Right. Grow your own salad so they can't yeah. stick uh, gene-altering technology into the store-bought variety. Right. So let, let, let's look at some really annoying mainstream stories. Here's yeah. This is what I think – this obviously wins the award for the most annoying mainstream article of the week. Um, conspiracy theories. They royal the Kennedy family as uh, Sirhan Sirhan's parole approaches. And, and this article, I mean, where do you even start with this hideous article that just lies in such a disgustingly slimy way about the fact that there's no question whatsoever that the bullet that killed Bobby Kennedy was shot from point blank range. The, the muzzle of the gun was touching the skull, uh, powder burns all over the skull. This is in the actual autopsy report from behind. Yeah. And all witnesses agreed Sir Hunter never got anywhere near him and was in front of him. This is not disputed. And yet this article is attacking uh, RFK Jr. for being a conspiracy theorist and a COVID uh, vaccine skeptic, blah, 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 blah. And totally obfuscating in the most weaselly way possible the fact that it has been proven beyond any doubt whatsoever that Sirhan didn't kill Robert F. Kennedy. And I mean, the, the way the words are phrased in this article virtually admit it. Um, Sirhan approached the hypnotized Patsy, uh, approached the senator uh, and began firing. Well, yeah, but the guy firing randomly uh, and uh, the bullets struck the senator. Well, yeah, they did, but it wasn't Sirhan's bullets. But the article, you know, uses the passive voice. Uh, doesn't tell us who fired the bullets or the fact that the guy behind him, probably his bodyguard, was actually firing the bullets. And on and on and on. And uh, just lie after lie. At the t- Sir Han told the court and media that his primary motivation was his deep animosity towards Israel. B.S. He never said anything remotely like that. He always has said absolutely consistently from day one that he has no animosity whatsoever, never did, towards any Kennedy. And he had no memory whatsoever of firing the gun and so on and so forth. Uh, and so... 
what a pack of disgusting lies. It really makes you want to go out and like burn down your mainstream media outlets. It's just so, so horrible. I mean, these people make Dr. Goebbels look like a saint. Hey, you, you said it all right there. I mean, the author just lays it on thick. Just the, the, the words, conspiracy theory, misinformation, baseless, yada, 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 all, all against, you know, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And then, you know, trying to divide the family, uh, against each other. I mean, it was just, yeah, it's a sad, it's a sad article. I, I recommend, uh, the great video, uh, that I saw, um, about the RFK was, uh, Massimo Mazzucco's film, uh, Dallas, who killed, uh, the second Dallas, who killed RFK. Uh, I like Massimo Mazzucco and his films. And that was a good one that he put on there that showed all the, these bullet trajectories flying all over the place, you know, <laughs> one possibly could have got him. It was the one, as you said, uh, the guy right behind his head. Yeah. That bullet. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, and, and, and then and the using whole this, this story about Sirhan, 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 a Palestinian against Israel. I mean, that's just a setup, obviously. Right. So, yeah, who who would choose a Palestinian patsy for yeah. your your killing the guy who actually his, his whole family was very unfriendly to Israel, and he right. only said, "Yeah, we'll sell Israel some weapons to try to make it possible to get elected president." But you know, at this point, I'm pretty much down with Michael Collins Piper's claim that the key factor in the assassinations of both Kennedys was John F. Kennedy's dedication to stopping Israel's nuclear weapons right. program, which was considered an existential issue by the top Israeli leadership, including Ben-Gurion. Um, but, of course, our media being controlled by the people who control it uh, will never let you know that. So uh, let's move on to the next annoying story. Well, this story uh, actually may or may not be uh, all that annoying. So 675,000 people in the U.S. have died from COVID now, which is the same number as died from the 1918 flu pandemic. Johns Hopkins tells us, of course, there were three times fewer people back then. So we're still only one third of the way to having as big a disaster proportionally. Um, so what do you think about those numbers, John? Do you believe those or not? One third of the people. I think it's even less than that. What are we? Seven billion now is about one point eight billion. Then I don't know. Well, no, this is just the U.S. Okay, but I don't know. I'm more, I think it's more fear porn. Um, I mean, I'll bring out the old questions again. How how old are the people who've died from COVID? And many reports show that they're basically at life expectancy age. How do we know if they died from COVID or with COVID? Death certificates possibly been manipulated. COVID money tests are inaccurate, and now perhaps it's death by vaccine. I don't know. Again, I don't trust anything they say. Um, and especially when they push stuff like, you know, this, because it means get a vaccine. Okay. Well, I, I actually, if I had to bet on whether this number is roughly accurate or not, I would, I would actually guess that it probably is roughly accurate, but I'm not sure. And the fact that we have such a tendentious, uh, biased uh, media and scientific establishment with massive pressure to conform makes it impossible to know for sure. And right. that's the that's the real problem. That that's that's where I'm at too. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, yeah, I just I just don't know. And uh, and when you don't know, you you got to uh, look for all kinds of different answers. And you got to look at different places, and you've got to stop the censorship. Um, that's that's what has to happen. But it it isn't stopping; it's ramping up. But that's okay. another another story that's always ongoing. Indeed. Well, we like to turn to RT sometimes for a different perspective. Uh, here's RT telling us that Fox News, which pretends to be a different perspective but often isn't, 
uh, just took a poll that shows that Americans, the majority of Americans favor Biden's vaccine mandate, which is kind of paradoxical because we just saw last week that Biden's popularity collapsed immediately after the mandate. It's now down to like 40 percent approval and 55 disapproval, which is the worst in presidential history, except for Donald Trump. Um, and in this article, neocon Bill, Bill Crystal jumps in. Uh, yammering about how wonderful it is, you know, the Amer- American people support ba- mandatory vaccination, blah, blah, blah. So it's, uh, to me, this story, this story is actually just kind of depressing. But, you know, if they've got maybe 60% of people on board with the mainstream agenda, that means that the well-informed and much more active and eloquent 40% stands a pretty good chance. Yeah, I, I, my comment on this was that this, this is kind of a scary thing, that the, the PSYOP, Assuming this poll is right, uh, just say that, uh, and, and there's no necessarily to think that it might be. I mean, because there are I, the people I know anecdotally are not for mandates, a lot of them. But the PSYOP has worked on many people. Uh, people have been so scared, they'll do anything now. Uh, they'll allow their own children to be um, you know, masked up and, and psychologically tortured with this nonsense and you know you know that old experiment where they they push the button to torture and kill you if an authority tells them to do so i mean there is a a part of our yeah there's a part of our population i think that's there that says no we we they've got they're so scared that if the authority says hey these people are our enemies and these people are going to cause your death push that button you know uh mandatory whatever let them lose jobs let them go starve in the street it's all okay you know we we Let's uh, let's all be able to go to the concert together and I'll be vaxxed and won't that be beautiful? And all the other people, well, we don't care about them. You know, it's there's a yeah, it's a scary thing. And and this is designed, in my view, uh, a design division um, that is being ratcheted up every day. And there is a kind of a scapegoating ritual aspect to it. And, and nowhere yeah. more so than with masks, where you know everybody's got a mask on except for that one guy who doesn't have the mask. And that guy then becomes the scapegoat. You can actually see his human face. And being human, of course, is uh, is taboo. And so everybody turns on that scapegoat and lynches them. That's sort of the Rene Girard approach to these things. Uh, well, in the next slide, we see the propaganda. Oh, no, this is this is the uh, New York Times mask story uh, on whether you can protect yourself with a mask as well as protecting others. And the answer is, well, sort of, maybe somewhat. And it, of course, quotes only the studies that support the efficacy of masking and doesn't mention any of the studies that don't. Um, and, and again, this is the kind of presentation that we've grown so used to that we never trust the mainstream media anymore. Yeah. I think the mask makes you invisible and gives you superpowers. So you, you don't even need oxygen. Just, just plus, uh, breathing in your own snot all day <laughs> makes you earn extra attractive to the, uh, your sexual partner. Masks look especially cute on children and servants. And all the lesser people <laughs> must cover their faces so they don't breathe on the beautiful people. That's where we are as a country. And uh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that the uh, the radicals and the leftists are all the beautiful people these days, AOC and her friends. Um, yeah, well, all off to the Emmys or wherever they're going. Yeah. And so, I, you know, obviously the scapegoating aspect of this is is turning the COVID-compliant people against the uncompliant people and sending them off to lynch the un- uncompliant people. That's yeah. that's obviously the main uh, <laughs> plot that we're embroiled in here. However... Here's the, uh, the claim from the mainstream media. Here's, here's a, a classic sort of, you know, anti-mask, anti-vax terrorist, uh, murdering a gas station attendant who insisted that he wear a mask. So I have to wonder whether it's a false flag 
And even if it isn't a false, I mean, what it's doing is, is this message is turning reality upside down. The real situation is that the people who are compliant are getting ready, you know, to lynch and use force against the uncompliant. But so here's some guy who, who, you know, an, an uncompliant guy who killed the compliant guy. The media is telling us that that represents the situation accurately. It doesn't. It's the opposite of the real situation. I agree. I said, in my note, I said one of the, it's a planted story to show that those who don't obey are violent and dangerous, right? They're the scapegoat. Uh, but I, I have two points. One, one is that, uh, division and hatred is serious business and the authorities have been playing with fire by ratcheting it up through the lockdowns, the masking stuff, uh, the media fear porn, um, more violence between people, I believe, is likely uh, to happen based on these kinds of things. Uh, and the second point is that it's, as we'll get to it when we get to, when we get down to Australia, it's the militarized police, uh, beating people and spraying them with chemicals, uh, according to some of those vi- uh, videos we've got coming out of Australia, which I hopefully is not going to be our future. Um, it's the real violence from the elites cracking down on regular people who uh, simply just aren't afraid of a virus, but want their own rights back. Indeed. Well, I think we can start the YouTube broadcast now because we no longer need to be uh, saying anything about questionable medical statistics. I will and try to be nice. Yeah, let's let's be be very tame right. here on okay, those issues. Tame. It was, we've already pretty well spouted off. Our we did. We did a good job. All right. I, I think we did. Yeah. So, so if people want to see what we really think about anything remotely medical or scientific related having to do with COVID, they can easily go and watch the full uncensored show. Uh, you can find it by going to truthjihad.com and click on the false flag weekly news link. And those of you who are watching on YouTube, you're only getting about uh, half the show today because we did a whole bunch of those stories that seem to be trespassing on uh, dangerous, forbidden territory. Now we're moving on to stories about the pushback against vaccines. But but first, uh, a mainstream story on Denmark beating COVID-19. And I thought that this mainstream story actually did have an interesting point. Uh, I mentioned the fact that according to the various studies and research on why the people in Denmark are so darn compliant in doing what their government tells them, which has been so good for beating the virus, is that there has been relatively transparent communication about all features of vaccines, including negative ones, and that this is the key to sustaining trust, even if in the short run it reduces vaccine acceptance. So I would uh, say in that sense, Denmark is maybe a real uh, model. Let's let's have honest, uh, open communication, no censorship, all sides covered, all voices heard, and then maybe we'll start to trust the uh, media again. Yeah. The Danes are just like Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way. <laughs> there, there's something there's something that's not rotten in Denmark. That's right. It's rotten I mean, here. They trust the authorities and obey. Wouldn't it be lovely if we just believed and obeyed everything the oligarchs and the media outlets tell us? I don't know what's really happening in Denmark, but my hunch is that this I, 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 uh, there's more you're, to this story. You're not ready to move to here. Denmark yet. Okay. I, I don't know. Either. I don't know. Okay. Right. Well, let's get into the pushback. Uh, here's the Cat McGuire organized rally in New York that we mentioned earlier. Yeah. This was part of uh, the World Freedom Rally or Worldwide Freedom Rally. Um, uh, great stuff. Uh, but we already mentioned that. So let's move to the next story. Yeah, I, w- I would want to say something, though. Okay. I, I just want to say, again, excellent freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, freedom over our own bodies. How quickly people are made to think that their freedoms should be traded in for permission slips uh, when the elite tell us that we must do everything they say in order to be safe. And it takes brave people like Kat and Tessa and, and uh, um, 
and Helen and, and all the others that we've said to tell the obvious truths that uh, we have inherent unalienable rights. And uh, and maybe that can snap us out of this deception when people just stand up for what's true. In New York is, is a place that obviously needs this because we just yes. learned in the next story that the city is now going to replace the unvaccinated hospital uh, workers yeah. and nursing home staffers and medical personnel with um, with foreigners. Uh, in fact, uh, New York City is begging undocumented, unskilled migrants to swarm across the borders, undergo six minutes of training, and take over jobs as doctors, nurses, and morticians that have been vacated by vaccine refusings. Now, that part I just made up, but the rest is true. Unfortunately, it's all actually not really much of a joking matter. New York really is planning to replace these people with foreigners, which is absolutely disgusting and a good reason for having a big protest like the one that Kat organized on Saturday. Yeah, I wrote pure evil. I mean, sending people to the unemployment line to poverty for this. I, I hope, you know, what I do hope is that alternative health care can come out of this. I, and, and I would pay or trade or barter for health care from nurses who, who know better, um, you know, who, who've, uh, uh, who have refused. Uh, we, we have to find ways to survive outside of these systems. I mean, I think that's what we're being told. This is what I wrote in June 2020. I have to say a whole lot, but I just want to say this thing. If you do not want a vaccine, you'll need to connect with others like you. Protect each other, support each other. Those who refuse the vaccine will have lives very difficult to live, if not impossible, without alternative ways to find food, shelter, travel, employment, basic health care. Nothing the authorities and the media say is real. They're your enemy. Find your friends. I wrote that in June 2020, and it sounded crazy, uh, but I think it's coming now. And I think we really have to find ways to have alternatives to society if if these mandatory things are coming down and it looks like they are, they're not letting up um, at all uh, in terms of, of, of destroying people's lives in order to force people to take this uh, medical product. Indeed. So fi- firing all, all the people who exercise their right to control what goes into their own body and then replacing them with foreigners, yeah. this could spread from New York and it could happen everywhere. And, Eventually, people are going to get angry, like they got angry in Australia uh, this week. And that's right. our next story, uh, a very lively piece from the Anti-Empire Report about the fact that this is working class people who are having these problems. You know, just like the workers, medical workers in New York are being replaced um, in Australia, the uh, lockdowns and, and uh, mandatory uh, vax measures and things like that are mainly threatening the working classes. And so it's truck drivers and people, uh, construction workers, uh, as this article says, they're rising up against the leashed dogs of the Zoom middle class. <laughs> so there is a class war thing going on, and you can see it in Australia as the working class rugby players are, are tackling uh, cops in a real uh, melee. So that, that was a pretty, pretty uh, interesting footage. I had a debate on my radio show last night between Gideon Paglia, who's a scientist who actually supports the COVID containment measures, uh, versus Peter Myers, who's an, also an Australian who, of course, has the exact opposite viewpoint. So I highly recommend that debate. And, and I, I greatly respect both sides. Uh, in, I, I think Gideon Paglia is, is brilliant, and I'm willing to listen to what he has to say on this. Uh, so, and everybody else should, too. I mean, we want to hear the perspectives from the, you know, from everybody. Uh, Agreed. So, so in Australia, though, things are, are obviously spinning out of control. I wonder if it's going to reach that point here. Yeah. Um, well, one thing, Australia doesn't have guns. But um, and, and I don't know what that's, you know, and I think that's why the crackdown 
part uh, it was, it was so aggressive there. But these protests do have to keep happening, in my opinion. I mean, and I think it's right. I think the article is right that this is a class war. It's the billionaires against the rest of us with the idiot middle to upper class thinking the billionaires won't enslave them someday, too. I mean, they're, uh, but yeah, you see those videos coming out of there and, and some of what I, uh, what I saw is a report that Facebook isn't allowing live stream stuff coming out from Australia either. Um, so they're, they're trying to censor a lot of these videos of, of on the scenes, uh, where you see the cops, you know, tackling people down, spraying them in the face with chemicals. I mean, little old women. Uh, I mean, so there's the yeah, Australia's really uh, interesting, um, uh, to see what is going to happen there. And, and of course, at the end of the day, it's got to keep happening. We've got to, they've got to, they got to recognize that this is a, this is a marathon. This isn't a sprint. It's got to be ongoing, uh, these types of resistance to, um, this tyranny. Okay. Well, let's move on to the COVID origins debate. Uh, this week, the news uh, mainstream reported that, uh, a team of scientists in Wuhan were um, bidding uh, for uh, a project that would involve releasing coronavirus particles into cave bats. The bid was submitted by none other than Peter Daszak, uh, who's a very dubious individual. Uh, people should uh, listen to some of my uh, radio shows uh, with people like Meryl Ness, who points out that Peter Daszak was the guy who tried to shut down the debate on lab origins early on. Now, that debate has been reopened. You're allowed to talk about it now on social media. And this Peter Daszak guy is extremely dubious, uh, major league uh, suspect in many respects that I, I don't have time to get into right here. But uh, it's it's interesting that obviously Wuhan was set up for this. Personally, I think it's anti-China forces that were behind setting up China to be blamed for this. But in any case, obviously, that Wuhan lab was was working on this stuff, whether or not it was actually the source. I mean, that story was just so weird for words. I mean, who would think of this stuff? To go spray bats with stuff. I don't know. I don't, I don't even know. Yeah. And I think you're, I think you're right though. That, that, that is a setup. Well, the, China, the Chinese are probably going to spray, spray the bats on the, and put them in the salad and then have bat salad with sprayed <laughs> mRNA, uh, coronavirus particles for breakfast, which will solve all our problems. Uh, according to the earlier story, yeah. if, you, yeah. if you're watching YouTube, you didn't see that story. You're going to have to go back and watch the full, <laughs> full episode to see it. Oh boy. Well, uh, the Chinese are firing back. In the next slide, we see the uh, new paper by Chinese scientists claiming, based on mathematical calculations, that most likely the pandemic began in September 2019 in the United States. Personally, uh, I take all of these origin stories with a grain of salt. There's a political dimension to them, and it has to do with the geopolitics of the U.S., Western Anglo-Zionist empire trying to push back against the rising number two power, the, uh, the Chinese empire. And so everybody's putting out propaganda. Hard to tell what we can trust, but one thing for sure, this was a uh, bioweapon. It's, this is not a naturally occurring virus. Agreed. And, and, yeah, and who started it, U.S. or China? I guess that'll be one of the big fighting points between these two countries. Uh, it appears that I, as, as you've said, that the U.S. is, is the culprit here. But again, I, I don't know where the virus ends and the, and the psyop begins. It certainly is a global psyop. And, and I think China's part of the psyop too. Well, I mean, they, they have to play their own role. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, uh, they're an empire, an imperial power themselves, although not nearly as 
shall we say, aggressive at going all over the world and trying to you know, take over the world and, and colonize everybody. Although they're, they're, you know, economically colonizing certain ports and things like that, you could argue. Uh, so yeah, I don't think we can trust the Chinese line on this either. And in this case, I think maybe this is propaganda. I don't think the Chinese want to admit that they were actually deliberately attacked because then they would have to go to war. They don't want to go to war with the U.S. right now. They want to wait at least 10 or 20 years, at which point the U.S. will be afraid to go to war with them. So the Chinese are going to tiptoe around this whole issue and <laughs> come up with stories like this, which are probably false. The true story is they were deliberately attacked, but they can't admit that or their people would demand war. And they know that it's not the right time for that. So moving on to the war on China. Well, actually, before the war on China, how about the war on truth through the censorship? We do have a censorship story. Uh, Gab is pushing back against the German uh, anti-fake news law. Anything the German government thinks is fake news, like the kind of stuff we talk about here, uh, is illegal in Germany. I suppose false flag weekly news is pretty illegal in Germany sometimes. Uh, so if you're in Germany right now, uh, be afraid, be very afraid. It was a great article. I, I, I liked, uh, good for him, that, uh, CEO there of Gab. Uh, I mean, you, you know, if you see him wrestling, you know, with his conscience here, what do I got to do? Should I, you know, should we just cave into this? Should we, you know, find some, you know, refuse, uh, German IPs? No, he says, I'm, I'm, we're just going to go for it, you know, and I think, and, and, and I haven't been on Gab. I, I find these alternative ones. Well, I just, they just, they start as fun <laughs> as getting out there on Facebook and fighting the master, you know, <laughs> but, um, I, I think I, I should I, probably a good thing to get on Gab and, or, or some of these other ones and, and these free speech platforms and, and certainly support uh, what they're doing. Yeah. Well, they do have a total free speech policy. Anything that's legal under mm -hmm. the first amendment is legal on Gab. And I support that. And I, I would like to see all the big social media outfits uh, taken over by the government and run as public utilities under yes. the First Amendment protection. And then they would all have the same policy as Gab has now, right. uh, which is the, the American policy, the constitutional policy. OK, moving on to war on subjective war on China news. Uh, I thought this article was quite revealing about Z uh, being determined to, quote unquote, target larger companies and redistribute wealth among the population. Oh, my goodness, he's going to, quote, curb the ability of entrepreneurs and investors to make profits to an even greater extent than, than he already does. So so China is actually cracking down on the larcenist billionaires. And in the next story, we see the New York Times crying crocodile tears over that. Uh, some guy named Desmond Shum, who's a Chinese billionaire, is whimpering and crying about how hard it is to be a Chinese billionaire because the government gets in your way and you have to try to it's hard to find the corrupt people to bribe and things like that. Uh, and this, I thought the best line in this article, John, was, quote, some readers might struggle to sympathize with the former power couple and wealthy Chinese business leaders like them. Well, that's the understatement of the century. I'm all for Z. Crack down on the billionaires. Crack down on the so-called entrepreneurs. Putin got his oligarchs under control. China is getting their oligarchs under control. And we need to get our oligarchs under control, too. Yeah, yeah that's great. Oh, it's oh, it's so hard to be a Chinese billionaire. Yeah, tough, lots, tough life. lots of red tape for billionaires in China to do business. Bad, bad China. That's what the point of these articles are. Bad China and uh, and good billionaires. And don't ever let uh, uh, don't ever let the in, any kind of government restriction or any kind of people restriction get in the way of these people just, you know, controlling the whole world. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, 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 I agree with you on this. Yeah. 
And it's true that China is is not the best country for civil liberties, but the civil liberties I'm worried about aren't violating the rights of billionaires by keeping a, a leash yeah. on them. Um, I think there are, there are worse things to worry about there, and, and there are worse things here, too. Uh, well, how about the Future of Money article? Speaking of uh, this struggle between the U.S. and China, the struggle is spilling over into the currency realm, and one of the battlefronts is the move to digital currency. China is now rolling out the e-renminbi, a digital version of its paper currency. It's like cash. It's digital. And there's no bank interference. That is, it doesn't go through banks. Like with PayPal and everything, it's all linked up to, to banks. And this wouldn't be – I'm hoping to have Ellen Brown on my show, the radio show rather, pretty soon to discuss this. Uh, so the currency wars between the U.S. and China are heating up. Um, you think that will mean it will spill over into a shooting war? So I'm trying to get this article. So according to these people, digital currencies are a good thing, and the U.S. is lagging behind in developing them. And yet, as many people have pointed out, with digital currencies come more control. I mean, you don't get your latest shot? Sorry, your account's frozen. Put false information out on Facebook? Sorry, you have to wait 30 days to access your account. I mean, I don't trust this digital currency thing. And, and this article saying, oh, the U.S. is lagging behind, and oh, we all got to get on it. And I'm thinking, no, I don't think that's a good direction to go. I'd, I'd rather have good old money in the pocket. You just, you know, dirty money is what I'd prefer. Oh, but that 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 money, that it could be carrying coronavirus problems. I know, it could be carrying COVID. <laughs> I, I yeah, I, I yeah, I, I think this digital currency is uh, well, you know, Mary. What was it, Catherine Austin Fitz? She's saying, you know, that's that's the whole point of this thing, is moving us to a whole new economic system. I don't know if she's right or wrong on that, but uh, that's that's certainly a point of view that I think is uh, yeah. worth considering. Yeah, and I think Ellen Brown has something to say about that too. So she's supposed mm-hmm. to do an article. Oh, yeah. Actually, okay. I, I stimulated her to write an article, and so hey, Ellen, if you're watching, uh, finish that article and come on my radio show and uh, tell us more about this. Next story, the uh, possibility of minting a trillion-dollar coin? Okay. Um, hmm. Well, I hope they send it to me as, as my tax refund. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch McConnell uh, doesn't want to let Joe Biden go deeper and deeper into debt, and so Biden could solve that problem by minting that trillion-dollar coin. Okay, uh, very interesting. I wonder how big that coin would be and how many people it would take to lift it and uh, try to haul it down to Sheldon Adelson's slot machine. <laughs> a magic coin to accompany the magic needle and the magic mask. You know, um, <laughs> amidst all these shenanigans, uh, you know, I, I remember it wasn't long ago, what, 80s, 90s, when we, people, regular people thought, you know, we can we can bring the debt down if we all contribute to get together. But now now it's just impossible, you know, the, this debt. Um, and, and, and the people who are going to lose, in my view, on all of this are going to be regular people. The billionaires will collect their magic coins, uh, more for themselves and will be sifting through the ruins. That's, that's the ultimate game plan of all of this stuff. It does seem to be. Now, now theoretically, John, the argument for, uh, modern monetary theory or MMT tells us that this debt isn't necessarily a bad thing if it's just the result of actual um, government or treasury spending, which can actually ex- exceed revenues with no problem. And according to that argument, taxation, which brings in the revenues that supposedly pay for government programs, programs actually doesn't. It's just a, a ruse. Um, and it's a way of retiring money from circulation. So anyway, people can check out the uh, MMT stuff, modern monetary theory, which Ellen Brown partly agrees with. 
Um, the problem, though, is who's controlling the monetary system and skimming off the proceeds. And, of course, that's these big private oligarchical interests, such as the 400 families, as we see in our next slide, who are paying a lower tax rate than the average taxpayer. The richest 400 families in America are averaging 8.2% of their income, and the average of nets in and nothing on their wealth. And the average American is paying 13.3%, uh, close to almost twice as much. Wow. Uh, so, you know, I, and I'm paying a lot more than that because I'm way down low on the income scale. And so, you know, when I, uh, I have to pay the Social Security and Medicare and stuff taxes on my uh, income that I'm getting as a, uh, what they call it, the, the, you know, having your own business, th- you know, I end up, I'm probably paying 25, 30% hey, or more side. of my income. Mm-hmm with that plus yeah. the sales taxes. So, so these uh, billionaires are getting off scot-free and, and, and they're using the pandemic to grab even more uh, in a way. That's the real issue that nobody is facing. Yeah, I think so. You know, and, and, and it's not going to end because all of these systems favor them. Ultimately they put them together. You know, a bigger question, I guess I asked myself, what's preferred in the end, <laughs> a situation like a, a James Howard Kunstler novel in which uh, everything crashes, you know, all of the country breaks up and, uh, and we get along with some kind of bartering system, you know, kind of a post-apocalyptic place. Did, did you actually read that novel? Yeah, World Made by Hand. Yeah, I heard about it. I haven't read it, but I'd like It's to. good, yeah, and, and, and he was on recently. But Or a massive, you know, or that's one end, or a massive top-down controlled high-tech police state in which billionaires own everything uh, and we're guaranteed foodstuffs if we obey. Uh, one of these two things is coming, right? Total control or chaos. I, I, I'd rather have chaos, but I think most will choose control. I don't want either one, but. Yeah, yeah. Isn't there like a happy medium? Like, I would like, yeah. Somewhere in between those two extremes. But I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's just, uh, anyway. Okay. Well, uh, let, let's move on to All war right. on Russia news. There we go. Right. Happier the, news. The, war and on election Russia. fraud news. I did. We already talked about. Oh, Trump. Yeah, this is our Trump. Okay, election fraud news. First is the election fraud in Arizona or alleged election fraud, which, as it turns out, was pretty minor because the audit of the Arizona election just came in. And it turns out that the results were pretty close to what the original results were. So according to that, there was no fraud in Arizona. And this, of course, reinforces the mainstream media narrative that this whole election fraud issue is just completely crazy and there's nothing to it and uh, so on and so forth. And I, I, I actually I'm not so sure that the Trump narrative is correct, that the election was obviously stolen. But I'm also not so sure that the mainstream narrative that there's never any election fraud, our elections are perfect, is correct either. And maybe the election was just fine in Arizona. I don't know. But there's definitely a problem with American elections, as anybody who looks into that issue will quickly discover. Yes, there is a problem with American elections. And that, I don't know. I, I haven't done a whole lot on the uh, the, the Trump thing. I, I I just haven't gone there. But I mean, I but but I, I think the the real scams is when um, you know Biden probably took it away from Bernie, <laughs> and uh, and earlier on, I mean, these they, they every every side has fraud on it, and uh, it just depends on who gets caught. Right. And I think if the media had blown up the Hunter Biden laptop scandal the way they yes. would have blown it up if it was Donald Trump Jr.'s laptop, then I think the results of the election might have been quite different. So that's another kind of election right. manipulation by censorship. Uh, 
and so obviously there are all kinds, but I think the, the real elephant in the room here is the stuff that Jonathan Simon talks about with his analysis of computerized vote theft, which has apparently been systematic since these uh, black box machines were introduced back in 2004, and that it usually favors the Republicans, actually. However, it also favors people like Hillary Clinton over Bernie Sanders. Yeah. And whether or not it might have been used to deny Trump a second term, that wouldn't actually surprise me, nor would it surprise me if there were other ways of manipulating the outcome either. So, But I haven't seen hard proof, and many of the items yelled about by Trump supporters strike me as dubious. So uh, it's it's a very complicated issue. Let's move on to Russia, where election integrity is probably equally complicated. The communists are accusing Putin's United Russia Party of stealing the latest election. So there's going to be a an audit group led by Gregory Melkontians, who's a chairman of Golos, an election monitor group that is considered a foreign agent by Russia. So the Russians are basically allowing a U.S.-funded group to monitor their elections. Would we allow a Russian group to monitor our elections? I don't think so. Well, somebody needs to, but you know, yeah, but like everything else, it it seems to me, I think you said in the previous article, the black box stuff, when, when it all goes online, that is when people, when we're forced to accept, uh, what you're told by those who run the machinery, um, my radical idea is blow up every machine, every computer and start all over. Uh, this high tech experiment's been a bad one and, and they, and the machines and those who control them will be our masters. Indeed. Let's go back to hand-counted paper ballots everywhere, including in Russia. That's fine. It's fine with me, although as as a U.S. American, it's not really my business to tell Russia how to run their elections. Let's move on to the war on Palestine. Uh, This is just more uh, the same story of uh, of the Russian election. Over in Palestine, they're now going to be suffering from more U.S. aid to the genocidal Zionists, in this case in the form of a billion taxpayer dollars, U.S. taxpayer dollars, to rebuild Israel's Iron Dome system um, after it got battered in the recent Gaza conflict. And so there are stories of people like AOC breaking down crying because she faced such a dilemma. She didn't really want to vote for the Iron Dome, but she knew if she voted against it that she would be assassinated. I mean, you know, taken out somehow by a primary opponent with billions of Zionist dollars. So she just broke down crying and voted present. <laughs> so the the whole American political elite is afraid to stand up to the Zionist uh, genocidal uh, entity, which most likely was the lead actor in killing the Kennedys and pulling off 9-11, uh, not to mention the USS Liberty uh, slaughter in 1967. If Americans really knew what that Zionist entity was doing to their country, as well as to the people of Palestine, well, you know, Allison Weir's website, If Americans Knew, uh, hints at that. Anyway, I'm, of course, outraged about this. How about you, John? Oh, man. You know, and then the line there, the massive funding package received overwhelming bipartisan support. I mean, it was, what, 420-something to nine? I mean, I mean, wow. A so billion who, really, dollars. who really runs America? It, it isn't America. Exactly it's, it. it's, it's some other country runs America. It's, what it's, what it's country it. could that be? We, we can't say anymore. because it would be anti-Semitic. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And the thing is, you know, the Iron Dome, it isn't even going to go. It's, it, it's not even going to work. I mean, the Here's my sermon. The Palestinians, I think, are our model. Uh, look at all the money, all the technology, all the weapons that the warmongers uh, from Israel and the U.S. throw at them. And yet the Palestinians are still there. 
and they endure, and they have something that these oppressors will never have. They have justice on their side. They have truth on their side. They have a spiritual confidence. They have imams watching over them. They have Allah. I despair of this world, Kevin, but the Palestinians and their endurance is one of the few bright spots for me. I mean, they offer a speck of hope that uh, that there is a God. Amen, brother. Okay. Well, we've, we finished our political stories. Let's move on to the, uh, the, the weird scientific breakthroughs. And I'm not talking about mRNA. Uh, at least I hope I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Weird scientific breakthrough number one. Uh, scientists have created a winged microchip, the smallest ever uh, flying structure modeled on the aerodynamics of maple tree seeds and other kinds of wind dispersed seeds. So they could take these flying microchips and drop them out of an airplane. And this cloud of flying microchips would descend very slowly to earth, flying around until it finds bodily orifices to crawl up. And it's going to crawl up yours anytime soon. Uh, mm. and, and you're chipped. Uh, I hope that's not what they're going to use it for. Wow. The chips crawl in, the trips crawl out. In your stomach and out your mouth. You know, these articles talk about all these benefits of technology. Isn't this a wonderful thing? It's going to stop pollution. It's going to detect airborne diseases. Isn't that interesting? Or whatever. But obviously, the question I think we have to ask is, what is the most sinister thing that can be done with these things? And that's most likely what will be done. <laughs> <laughs> that's what William Bloom said. He said, no matter how crazy of a conspiracy yes. theorist you are, you know, whatever your, your worst paranoid uh, delusion about what the government's doing is, what they're really doing is worse. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, our final uh, yeah. crazy technological breakthrough is holy Holocaust holograms, Batman. <laughs> what next? You can go to the Holocaust Museum now and talk to a Holocaust survivor through their hologram. It's not the actual survivor. It's just a hologram. And I guess the next step will be a theme park with a ride through the gas chambers. Um, somehow I would think that even the worshipers of the Holy Holocaust would find this kind of tasteless, but hey, what do I know? Well, they got to keep that story going. I mean, you know, how long has it been since World War II? You know, these people are dying off, but they got to keep them going. So these holographs will keep going forever. But, you know, I'm sure that this technology will be shared with the Palestinians as they tell their stories of the Nakba. Oh, there you go. And they'll probably, you know, I, I think I'm going to write to the Holocaust Museum that's that's doing this, and I'm going to ask them to share their technology with False Flag Weekly News so that we can just do this show with our holograms. And that way, you know, I could be off like fishing or, or kayaking, and uh, you guys could be watching me right here on False Flag Weekly News, and it wouldn't be me. It would just be my hologram. So, so John, are you, are you in with me in, in getting hologramized by the Holocaust uh, Holy Museum? And I'll worship it. There you go. Okay. Well, <laughs> bow, don't bow down and worship uh, vaccines, uh, holocausts, or anything except for Almighty God. Uh, there you go. Okay. Amen. That's good last word for the for our show. Well, thank you so much, John Schock. It's so much fun doing the show with you. Keep up the good work. Uh, keep up those great radio broadcasts at revolution.radio. And uh, thanks to our viewers and supporters for catching up with our fundraiser. Uh, so I won't yammer about how badly we need money. Uh, you all know that already. Uh, Muse the Cat has told you repeatedly. So uh, until next week, have a great week. Thanks. Bye.